Hello. Hello. You're listening to Track by Track with me, Dan. And me, Will. The episode you are about to listen to was originally available for Patreons only, but is a brand new episode now available on all podcasting platforms. So there might be a few references that have already happened. Uh, Apologies for that. And also apologies for any comments we make for non-patrons. Enjoy the episode and don't forget, it's not too late to join us on Patreon where you can listen to exclusive brand new episodes of Track by Track. Yes, every month there are at least two brand new episodes as well as access to the full Patreon-only back catalogue and our Patreon-only series, including further listening and the remix. Enjoy the episode. And thanks for listening. listening to track by track with me dan and me will this is the podcast where you take a great pop music album and break it down track by track (laughs) and oh lucky you and lucky us because on the turntable this week we've got jollification by the lightning seeds and we've got to say right up front thank you to everyone that took part in this patreon vote episode chosen by you we really need your uh, support, so thank you for letting us put your hands inside us. <laughs> no, no, that doesn't sound right, does it? Thank you for letting well, us... Sounds lovely, but I don't know if it sounds right. Thank you for letting us go inside your hands. No, that doesn't sound <laughs> right either. No, what am I trying to say? Oh, I think what you're trying to say is thank you for letting us put ourselves in your hands. No, that does I think however you say that, it's going to sound a bit a bit, a bit dodgy, Dan. Dodgy? Dod- dodgy Dan. Mm. That's what they call you down the market, isn't it? That is actually what my granddad calls me. Dodgy Dan. So, thank you, yes, to everyone who voted for the Lightning Seeds. And they were the runaway uh, favourites. And also, they were the newest. That was a bit of a, a long list mop-up, if you like, wasn't it? We put the, some of the albums that have been on there for a long time... Uh, and that was the latest one on there. And yeah, it, it got the votes. People want to hear us uh, being jolly about the Lightning Seeds. And we're quite happy to do that, I think. We are. And speaking of mopping up, have you recovered from the weekend? I have not, Will. And you'll notice there's no drink in my hand apart from H2O today because I was celebrating my younger brother's 18th birthday this weekend. And let me tell you, Will, I'm not 18 anymore. Well... <laughs> I could have told you that. And certainly those bags underneath your eyes are telling a very real story. Uh, the next day I was, na- I mean, I'm not a napper, Will. I was napping throughout the day. I was struggling to stay awake. Um, it's been two days now and I'm still kind of a bit achy. I feel like I've got back from Glastonbury five years ago, but actually I've just had one party a few days ago, so... Yeah. I'll tell you what you should do. A couple of cold tea bags over your eyes will make a big difference. Oh. Well, after we finish recording, I'll ask my other half to teabag me. So we're here today to talk about the lightning seeds for the first time on Track by Track. Dan, do you know who's in the lightning seeds? I know I know a man, Will, who's in the lightning seeds, but please tell me the full lineup. 
Ian Brody is probably the first name that springs to everybody's mind. Frontman, iconic uh, pop star of the 90s. But current lineup, you've got Ian Brody, Martin Campbell, Riley Brody, Abby Harding, and Jim Sharrock. But previously, you've also got a real hall of fame. Chris Sharrock, Ali Kane, Paul Hemmings, Matthew Priest, Zach Starkey, Paolo Rui, Rob Allen, James Bagshaw, Rafe Birchall, and Angie Pollock. Oh, and well, I was very shocked because uh, cards on the table, you put this on the long list. I, of course, knew of the Lightning Seeds and never really delved into an album. Thrilled you put it on there because I've really enjoyed listening to it and I'm and going to enjoy going track by track through it. Um, but I was very surprised to learn that it actually started out as a one man show, didn't it? A one man band, just like you down the market uh, with yep. the boom, boom, boom. <laughs> Uh, yes, and uh, previously, before uh, Ian started the Lightning Seeds, he was a uh, producer of many, you know, I think everyone's heard of Echo and the Bunnyman and the Fall, but also Wall of Voodoo. So, you know, before he even got to this point, he had an illustrious music career behind him. And also, uh, he was in Big in Japan. Oh, what? Lightning Seeds were Big in Japan, were they? No, Ian Browdy was a member of the punk band Big in Japan. Oh, so sorry. But from 1989, Lightning Seeds came to fruition. We're talking today about Jollification, which was their third album, which was from September 1994. Um, and we were both a lot younger back then. Also, lucky me, because, you know, I've got a, a, a penchant for an anniversary. Uh, obviously, this album was chosen by patrons uh, via the poll. But yeah, it's this very week that it turns 27. I'm a lucky lad. Very lucky lad. Um, you're not 27 either. Not. But this is a very exciting time for, for music, for pop, indie music in the charts, um, as this was a time where there were many great acts emerging. And I think the Lightning Seeds were right at the heart of it all. And of course, Will, Lightning Seeds have been heard a lot on the radio, haven't they, this year? Not particularly for anything on this album, but of course. Oh, God, let's get it out of the way because we're not going to mention that again because this, this is such a good album. But of course, uh, Ian Raddy and the Lightning Seeds had a huge hand in, I mean, they were behind that track, Three Lions, with the Deal and Skinner. Um, and I remember reading an article recently which was lamenting the fact that. Um, Ian and the Lightning don't actually make that much money of that song being wheeled out every couple of years. Yeah, because it's, uh, you know, it always every um, Euros or World Cup now, it goes top 10, doesn't it? It's gone to number one as recently as 2018. Uh, but of course, it's all on streaming and playlisting, isn't it? So, yeah, I think I read six grand uh, in a year he got for it, which, you know, you would expect it to be more, wouldn't you? Because it is everywhere during those competitions. I mean, I'm sure it's been, I mean number one a few times and definitely gets in the charts every time we have a Euros or a World Cup. And there's another one next year, there's the World Cup next year, so we're going to be hearing it again. And I have to say, well, I think it will come as absolutely no surprise to regular listeners of this podcast. I'm not a big football fan. Uh, I I watched uh, about 30 seconds total of the Euros this year. But with Ian Brody or with the Lightning Seeds on this track, you you know, you cannot deny that it is such a catchy, such a well-written song. Um, and it does stay in your head, doesn't it? 
it does. I mean, it, it serves a great purpose and it's, you know, it's been chanting fodder for the for the masses, for the crowds, for the people in the stands with their cans of thatchers and their pork pies. I don't know what football match I'm talking about, but you get, you get the idea. Pork pies, is that the hats or what they're eating? What they're eating. Also, Will, I just want to talk about the elephant in the room, <laughs> if you don't mind. No, there's no Alexandra Burke on this album. We, last episode, last week, we were celebrating the fact that we were back together. We were back together in person, recording together. And we were planning to do it this week, weren't we? But you might be able to tell, maybe you can, maybe you can't from the recording. We've had to go our separate ways again. We have. I, I've, I've been one of the victims um, and I'm at home at the moment because I had a ping. And actually, by the time this episode goes out, the whole pingdemic thing, hate that phrase, shouldn't use it, might be a thing of the past. But we've had to very quickly uh, flip it over, reverse it and go back to how we used to like doing it. Mm. Same as your mum, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> how A mum joke? How dare you? <laughs> so we are going to talk about Jollification, released on the 5th of September 1994. This is the third album from The Lightning Seeds. And Dan, why are we talking about it today? Are you pulling my leg, Will, or is that a genuine question? <laughs> I'm not sure. Uh, won the Patreon poll, but also celebrates the anniversary this week. 27 years since release you are a lucky boy I, I don't know i don't don't always feel like it working with you oh but you are a mucky boy let's get stuck in shall we decide one track one yep so this one is perfect So perfect there. And just to reword an old phrase, this really is a great stall setting out song for the album to change it up a bit. Yeah, just rearrange the words in a different way. Yeah. Uh, but I, I agree. I so agree. Uh, I, this is just beautiful start to this album. And I think it is a great way into jollification uh, because it just feels so positive and fresh. Fresh, yeah, fresh is a good word to describe it. Like that, oh, I was going to ruin the artwork then, but no, I'd be a bit surprised if if people are listening to this episode and haven't seen the artwork, but never mind. It's very iconic, this album artwork. I'm itching to talk about it, but I think it'll be much later in the album. I hope so. But yeah, I think, yeah, it definitely does. Uh, it starts as it means to go on, to put it in another way. Uh, <laughs> fantastic storytelling lyrics. And I think we're going to hear a lot of that throughout the album. Ian Brody's such a good storyteller with his words uh, and delivers them in a very unique style. But also you've got that big acoustic sing-along that you'd expect from a big Britpop band, uh, for want of a better term. Uh, and then just some shimmering synths in there as well, just to give them kind of a bit of a, a bit of an edge, a bit of a difference over some of the more generic 
Britpop stuff for want of a, another another different phrase. And also there is... Uh, oh, I've got my hand up there like I'm asking for permission. Well, no, hands down. <laughs> Did you say hands down or pants down? Whichever you heard. <laughs> uh, there are some great, uh, some wonderful strings to this, some soaring strings to this. Also, there's a bit of an operatic backing vocal I can hear in there, just just layered in very subtly. Yeah, because as I said at the start, I didn't really know um, the album ahead of listening to it. And I've, this was a single, but I didn't, I hadn't heard this one before. What I've loved about going through it over the last week is that, that these are those kind of songs where you hear different things and different elements uh, each time you listen to it. So yeah, there's a, there's a lovely surprise with every listen. And that's the Lightning Seeds guarantee. Uh, also, the video to this is very of its time. Uh, there's all sorts of different equipment going on there. In what regard? I mean, you've got lots of furniture, uh, traffic lights, blow up, uh, transparent sofas. I mean, the, the production values in this video are incredible. Um, and there's all sorts of washing and papers being thrown up into the air as well. I hope they were picked up afterwards, Will. There's clearly a lot of time and effort put into not just this track, but the video and the whole campaign as well. I think it's all very nicely um, packaged, which is good for you because I know you do like a nice package. <laughs> Absolutely. This was a single as well. Uh, and this got to, it was the fourth single to be released. It got to number 18 uh, on the singles chart. I think not the first time I'm going to say this, but I always thought it did better and got higher. Yes completely agree when i've yeah uh this and yeah the other tracks i was very surprised um but i did have a, a quick word with uh rob copsey uh just talking about doing the episode again we're not planning our own spin-off really sick of steve's you two i'm not happy about it i know but i think that's what makes me do it even more but just to give you an idea of the time uh when this was a new release other new releases were from Kylie with Where Is The Feeling, from Corona, from Soul To Soul, uh, and from Paul Weller. So let's move on now. Track number two. This is a big one. Looky You. So lucky you there, Dan. And is this one of the most iconic uh, indie pop songs from the 90s? Absolutely. Discuss. Uh, well, over to me. Uh, I think it is. But what I think is great about it is it's not quite at the same level as some of the ones that you become really bored of or that have become kind of too synonymous with that time, like the, 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 you know, Oasis blur chart battle or all that kind of thing. I feel like this one, because it wasn't as overplayed at that time. And as we hinted at before, maybe it wasn't as big a hit uh, as we presumed it was before getting into the research. Um, I think it's still got a bit of a fresh, that's that word again, a bit of a freshness about it that some of the other ones don't have. Well, I've got news for you. Hmm. This was the first single release from this album and also the fifth single release from this album. 
It was re-released, Dan. Uh, so it got to number 43 the first time it was released in August 94. It was re-released again in 1995 and got to number 15. <gasps> oh, well, it was definitely worth the re-release, wasn't it? So this was the second biggest hit of this album. But I'm just absolutely stunned that it wasn't a top 10 hit. Actually, well, if you think about it, maybe the combined sales from both, if they had just released it as the final single or the the later single, probably it would have been top 10, wouldn't it? That's, you know, there's no research to that. There's no, there's nothing <laughs> to that statement whatsoever. But let's say it's probably right. All right. It's very, uh, very assumptuous of you, but um, might be. Now, I did have a quick look uh, with Rob uh, at what was number one when it when when it first charted at 43 and it was Wet Wet Wet's Lovers All Around. I didn't bother looking what what was in the charts a year later because it was probably still Wet 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 Lovers All Around at number one because it didn't bloody go away, did it? I feel it in my fingers. Christmas is all around me. <laughs> now, this one, Will, was written with the specials Terry Hall. Now, I don't think we've ever mentioned the specials on Track by Track. Are you a fan? I'm not actually not familiar, Dan. I don't know if that's if I should say that or not, but I think you've said worse, so that's fine. Already today, I think I've said worse. <laughs> um, I, I'm a big... I know, I'm going to rephrase. I'm not a big specials fan. I am a specials fan. I've been lucky enough to see them live a couple of times. It's always a fantastic show. But I have to say, their last album, Encore is a really fantastic album that sounds so current in the production, but is so true to their sound. And what's great about the album is that it went to number one uh, in 2019, and it was their first number one album, and it was released 40 years after their debut album. So I think, you know, um, Lightning Seeds haven't had a number one album yet, but there's still hope for them. Uh, also, I think this is one of many tracks, it's fair to say, probably why we like this album, is there's a fair whack of melancholy running through a lot of these tracks yeah and i think that's our favorite thing isn't it? it's a very i think you hear it a lot in sort of scandinavian pop that that very melancholy sound in an upbeat song very abba or aha or something like that uh, uh-huh. yes aha uh-huh. so true to this as well it sounds for me this song sounds like summer it sounds like driving around in a soft top ford mondeo or something like that or just Bobbing down to the Radio One Roadshow to see Mark and Lard hosting something. Did you say driving around or writhing around? All of the above. Uh, on the re-release of this, uh, there were two B-sides: "Open Your Eyes" and "The Likely Lads." What became of the Likely Lads? I don't know. What did become of the Likely Lads? I don't know. But what an infectious song it is! So they, I'm gonna, I was going to try and do the, ah, not far off. Um, such an infectious part of the song, isn't it? It is. It's just, I just can't help, but whenever I hear this song, it always still pops up on the radio stations. Very radio friendly, but it's just a great pop song, isn't it? It is. Lucky us to have it. Track number three now. This is Open Gold. I'm on top of the world And it's just for a moment I 
so open goals there. And Dan, can, do you hear who I hear? Oh, backing vocals in that song. Do you hear who I hear? Who do you hear, Will? It's the lovely Alison Moyet. Do you know what, Will? I didn't hear her on that. Um, I, I know that we may hear from Ali Lovey later, but um, she's on that one as well, is she? I need to go back yeah. and listen more carefully. But some wonderful, uh, some wonderful keys, some wonderful funk, actually. Quite a funky one, this one, isn't it? It is. And this one samples uh, a song called Look Ka Pai Pai, or Look Ka Pee Pee. No, probably not Pee Pee, is it? Uh, by The Meters, who are an American funk band who formed way back in 1965. And they are still going. Uh, but this is considered to be one of the all-time funk classics. And I love that fusion of what the Lightning Seeds are doing, their kind of Brit pop, but with a bit more to it, and then a bit of funk in there as well. It really works. And this is a great kind of first first taste of an album track. And I think it's definitely just in keeping with the fact that these are all really strong pop songs. And I think during the time of Brit pop back in the 90s, this is probably the poppiest iteration of it, isn't it? Yeah, one hundred percent, and I think it's gonna. We're gonna hear even more of that, arguably on the album tracks, actually more than the singles. But yeah, there's a, there's a lot of pop to Lightning Seeds sound, certainly on Jollification, that I was quite surprised by, pleasantly surprised. Will, and can you remember listening to any of these tracks, like in your younger years? C- certainly, certainly, Lucky You, certainly uh, a couple of the other singles. But no, I, n- I never put the album on. Um, I think, you know, 94 this was released, wasn't it? So it was kind of, I mean, I was eight when this came out. So it was before I was, the, the most I listened to was a radio or probably a now whatever CD. Uh, CD? No, cassette. How about you? Was it something that you played a lot at the time or is it something that you discovered a little bit afterwards? It was, I think, the singles, definitely, because it, they were in the charts back then. used to be well into the pop charts. But I didn't really discover the full album until much later in life. Talking of the full album, it was re-released. I don't know if you've seen this, Will, recently, uh, on a beautiful red vinyl. And I do believe, I don't know if it was the vinyl or the sleeve, but it was actually strawberry-scented. Oh, lovely. I wonder why that is. I, I can't think. I, I, I can't, yeah. <laughs> No clue. Didn't make me think there wouldn't it be fun to put out something for our patrons that was scented. Maybe, maybe to smell like us. No, uh, well, actually, Dan, I think maybe Lynx Africa for you because I've seen you've got the full Lynx collection lined up in your bathroom next to next to Old Spice. <laughs> you're you're more of a, a dupe man yourself, aren't you? I absolutely loved uh, Jean Paul Gaultier, the kind of the classic, the blue bottle, the buffed up man. Yeah, it was quite hyperotic, wasn't it? But I have to say, actually, I don't wear it anymore, but every time I smell it, it's full of nostalgia. Boys changing rooms. Yeah. Oh, sorry, well, you lost me for a second there. <laughs> Track number four now, and this is Change. Pretty 
So, change there. When this song started playing, we both started punching the air in rhythm with each other. It, you know, it feels, again, I said Lucky You feels like a driving song. I mean, this one literally says, put your foot down and drive. So I am going to say it does also sound like a driving song. But this one, you know, even more so, this probably appears on now that's what I call motorway hits or whatever they're putting out. That's similar. They put out a now for everything nowadays, don't they? Now that's what I call motorway hits. Well, they just, they're just really, they've been scraping the barrel for years now. But like now that's what I call gym or now that's what I call dad rock or now that's what I call... Lavi time. I don't know. Oh, no. Orinoco Flow. <laughs> uh, so this was the second single released, and this is the biggest charting track for this album. Got to number 13. Again, because of how big it has been since then, as you say, played on the radio, featured on compilation albums, played on TV as a soundtrack to many things, you expect this to have done better. Yeah, and it's a crying, it's a crying shame that it didn't actually. It is, but we can't change the past, will unless we start some sort of campaign, you know, on an anniversary to get it to number one. Although I can never work out how you meant to do that. You meant to put it in playlists and stream it, and people are just streaming it in the background all day. I just forget all that, will I can't be bothered actually. I don't want to rewrite history. But this was released on the 2nd of January, and we spoke about this before, a very good tactic for getting a hit to release a track on the first week of the year. Um, and others who thought the same thing and others who uh, released songs on the 2nd of January 95 included Ace of Bass with Living in Danger. Uh, Paul oh, I love that song. Great song. Uh, Ace of Bass, of course, who were in the poll with Lightning Seeds, uh, but... I was very surprised that I think they actually came forth, didn't they, Will? And unfortunately, so. that means we're never going to talk about that album on Track by Track, ever. Until we do. <laughs> also, Portishead's Glory Box, Entrances Set You Free, uh, and at number one were Rednecks with Cotton Eye Joe, who knocked off E17's Stay Another Day. Which would have been the Christmas number one that year? Yeah. Back in 94, yeah. Have you seen, well, very huge tangent, a really big sidetrack here. Have you seen that E17 have just announced their new album, which features just one of the original members, not even Tony or Brian, one of the other ones with two other singers? Is it as bad as the new songs that Five have released? Oh, my God. I was even thinking about putting them on the new music drop for a joke, but I can't because they're terrible. They are tarnishing their legacy. So actually, um, well, then it's not as bad as those. And that, and that, of course, that does include three of the original members of Five. But um, what, what, what are your thoughts on this, Will? Old boy bands putting out new music when they're not actually that big anymore. A fair play, because just at this point, they're doing it for the fans, aren't they, really? And uh, quite a small group. But, I mean, they're never going to set the charts on fire. But I'm, hopefully that's not what they're expecting either. Well, <laughs> I hope they're not gathered around the wireless hoping for a number one. <laughs> Waiting for Mark Goodyear to play your song, and then if it gets to number two and you haven't heard it, you assume it's number one. Oh, oh poor lads! How embarrassing! How I mean, yeah, I don't want to be cruel to them. They're doing it because they're not. Yeah, they're not doing it from one. They're doing it. Maybe they're doing it because they're passionate about music, and that's lovely. But when you think about the quality of songs that take that still put out, uh, and other boy bands, it's just not the same. 
Uh, which which links nicely to track number five. Why, why, why? why? Why there? It's probably one of my favourite non-singles on the album because it's got a wonderful bounce to it uh, and lots of woo-wooings and oo-ooings. And we do like a woo-woo and an oo-woo, don't we? Mm. Uh, this obviously leaning more into the Lightning Seeds dance sound. It's very trancey. It's very spacey. But I also think it doesn't, you know, it doesn't stick out like a sore thumb. It perfectly fits in with this album and it's kind of it's still got hints of like the acoustic guitars uh, and Ian on the backing vocals. But obviously he's not on the main vocal of this one, is he? No. What's the deal? So this is Marina Van Rui, uh, and she is considered a rave veteran, if you haven't heard of her already. Uh, her songs Sly One and Let You Go were club smashers uh, in the early 90s, and they were huge Hacienda dance floor classics. Uh, and Let You Go was remixed by Sasha as well. Uh, now she's not in the music biz. I do believe, Will, that she is uh, a makeup artist or something of the sort. I do, be- I do believe. <laughs> I do declare. <laughs> now, Dan, I've been waiting to pull you up on something all episode, but you haven't said it yet. So I'm just going to hang in there a bit longer. Oh, there's something you think I'm going to say. Yeah. Oh, how exciting. In some ways, I know you better than you know yourself. Are you thinking I'm going to make a, an Ian Brady joke? Is that it? No, no. no. Wouldn't put it past no. me, though. Wouldn't put it past you to talk about serial killers. Uh, because you do, uh, you're a big fan of them. <laughs> serial Killer Cafe. I was quite disappointed when I went because I thought it would be a shrine to uh, some of my icons. But no, it's just full of nostalgic cereal. Recently, Will, on this track, Ian Brody. Um, this was during actually a Tim's Twitter listening party last year, which apparently were a bit of a thing through lockdown. Um, he said that this was a forgotten song for him, but that he was looking forward to playing it on the tour. I think this was around the time he did this listening party just as I believe the Jollification tour had to go on pause uh, and starting up again, hopefully very soon. But I imagine actually that this is one of the highlights, singles aside, it feels like a Real opportunity to dance and let your hair down. It is, and and we'd love any excuse to do that. Yeah. I mean, we do it when we record in person, as we did where we were last week. Hopefully again next week, Will. Well, and also we've got some stuff happening in September, which is going to be a real giggle. Mm. Going to be knackered, though. It's been While that song was playing, listeners, just to be very uh, transparent, we were talking about some of our plans for the future, a lot of the gigs we've got booked and the days out. And I'm absolutely knackered just thinking about it. Well, maybe if you want to cancel a few things, um, I'm sure I can find use for the tickets. There is nothing better. I don't want to cancel it myself, but there's nothing better than when someone else cancels the plans for you and you don't have to do it. Uh, And we've all been there. We're all laughing because it's true. (laughs) Track number six now. (laughs) And this is... 
I think will. I'm just having a little wee wonder here. I think it might be mine as well. And actually, not to jump the gun with something that you might say in a few seconds' time, but I didn't realise this was a single. And I, I don't remember this hearing this one. This was a single. Uh, what? You're joking. What's it? <laughs> but the album version is five and a half minutes. It takes two minutes to actually get into the meat of the track. Uh, but once it gets in there. It almost, for me, feels a bit Pet Shop boys here, And I don't know if you agree with that, Dan. No, I definitely would. No, I definitely would agree with that, Will. <laughs> yeah, that mysterious intro. I actually thought, following YYY, I thought, wow, we're going to get even more trancy now. And actually, in a way, it does. But then it comes in with that kind of proper sing-along Lightning Seeds track. And what I love about it is that the verse starts uh, and you've got a line or two and then just instantly the track switches up, goes up a gear, there's added vocals, lots of horns, and it almost, just for a very split second, leads you up the garden path, thinking it's maybe a bit more of a downbeat, lower register thing. And then it just becomes this anthem, and it's perfect. It's marvellous. Well, you know, it is an upbeat anthem, but the lyrics almost speak a bit differently because it's talking about how things could be. So it's almost like things aren't quite there yet. Mm. Optimistic. I don't relate. You don't subscribe to that school of thinking, do you? A- absolutely not. What a waste of time. You're very much in the school of pop music pessimism, not pop music optimis- optimism. Yeah. Well, pop music activism. Hello, Rob. Hello, Rob. Friend of the podcast. Friend of real life. So as you said, Will, this was a single. This was released in April 95 as a third single. Got to number 24. But at number one, the week this was released, again, just to bring it back and take it back to uh, what was happening at that time, were Take That with Back For Good. Whatever I said, whatever I did, I didn't mean it. I'm not going to sing. <laughs> I've not warmed up today. Me to me. To me. Whatever I said. Oh, that sounds great, actually. That's without a warm up. Everyone loves Back For Good, though, don't they? Gary Barlow. Gary Barlow. Everyone loves Back for Good. I think Noel Gallagher, you know, tough critic. Uh, he has. He says that is such a good song. He likes it. Yeah. I bet he'd bloody like this song as well. I bet he would. I like a lot of Noel, so I wouldn't be surprised if one day we come on to talk about uh, some of his more recent solo stuff. There's some really interesting, different sounds on there. Well, listeners, I think you'll know we're really scraping the barrel when we get down to that. But it could happen. <laughs> uh, this has got a iconic chorus with, oh, these are the days, this is the life. There'll always be something on your mind. You'll never quite find. Won't you ever make up your mind? Will you ever make up your mind, Will? Well, you know that there comes a time. Is that a lyric as well? For making your mind up. <laughs> What would we do first on the podcast? Bucks Fizz or Noel Gallagher? Uh, Bucks Fizz. <laughs> Didn't even think about that. Put it to a Patreon vote. Or the Fizz. 
I do worry that one day this is just going to be us quoting and singing song lyrics at each other, even more so than we do now. I can say that sounds absolutely lovely. I can't see what the issue is. I must mention before we move on that Marvelous was a single and it got to number 24, which is just obscene. I know. It's a hate crime. When you do come to edit, Will, you will realise that I said that about two minutes ago, but it's nice to hammer home the point. (laughs) Okay, number seven now. Uh, feeling lazy. So that was Feeling Lazy, and uh, do I hear some Christmas bells? It, I have to say, I didn't hear it when I listened to it for the first time, but as soon as it started and you said, Merry Christmas, everyone, I thought, very festive, actually, isn't it? Merry Christmas. <laughs> JLS, Harry Hill. Excellent. So this one was written with Ian McNabb, who also uh, performs backing vocals on the song. Ian McNabb, if you didn't know, is the frontman or former frontman of Icicle Works, who has also performed with Ringo Starr and Neil Young, amongst many others. And actually the Ringo Starr link, uh, of course, we talked about Zach Starkey performing drums with Lightning Seed at some point, but also the Ringo link's quite funny because this, for me, feels like a proper like Beatles family sing-along song. I don't know if you'd agree with that, Will, or strongly disagree. Strongly agree. Oh, Indifferent. Dear. I would also um, say yeah, it feels a little Paul Heaton slash Beautiful South. Again, strongly disagree with me or reluctantly agree? Reluctantly agree. <laughs> but I'm going to say that whatever you say. So uh, also, Dan, just a reminder, you haven't said the thing I'm waiting to pull you up on. I can't. I'm so proud of myself for not falling into your tra- the trap that you set me. Trap by trap. Oh, that'd be good. Shut your trap. Now, I do like this one, Will, but it isn't a favourite. I have to say, I do prefer the dancier, Cynthia side of things. How about you? Yeah, agreed. It's a nice nice album track. It's not album artwork territory either, but it's not far off. So, track number eight then, and this is... Oh, it's my best day. Stay there. Uh, this is another one of my favourites on the album. Slow start leads into some great '90s sort of dance beats, drop beats, some uh, lovely underlying synth in there as well. And I've got a couple of comparisons here to throw at you, Dan. Oh, good. Number one, um, Alison Moyer, who features and co-wrote on this track um, with Ian Brody. It's like a kind of Paul Heaton, Jackie Abbott relationship. Oh thought you'd like that love uh, 
also, it's a bit Dubstar. Oh, yeah. Who still are on the long list. And I think we're both really desperate to talk about Dubstar soon. Let's not put it to a poll, Will, because, you know. It I might think... not come out in our favour. <laughs> yeah, not that, not that that's what happened here. I very quickly stopped myself there. I'm very happy and pleased to be talking about this album. But definitely also want to talk about Dubstar at some point. What do you think about this, then? Yeah, likewise, I love this one. Um, Alison's voice is just sublime, isn't it? Whether it's on an, a kind of 80s dance Yazoo number, whether it's some of her jazzier things. Also, I love that she did, she duetted with Aha. Aha! Again, uh, on their recent acoustic live album. But the most recent, uh, my most recent viewing of Alison Moyet was uh, I started watching French and Saunders from the beginning recently and she's on the first ever episode of that. And would later go on to, um, was she in an episode of The Vicar of Dibley? Oh no, I think they just played one of her songs actually. Oh, you're not mixing her up with Kylie, are you? No, Dawn French was in one of her videos. That was it. They're very, they're very, they have a mutually appreciative relationship. Oh, that's lovely. Of course, we talked about Yazoo uh, just hints of teasers, but uh, we probably should do an album. But this is go, a f- go. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, also worth saying that Alison co-wrote this one as well. Uh, but what I would say is, Will, what a fun song, and what a great beat. In fact, what I find interesting about this is, I'd say more often than not the tracks on an album with guest vocalists tend to be the singles because of course it's going to appeal to uh, their fans as well as the main artist but it's interesting that with these last two tracks we've had guests on there but they weren't singles should either of them be a single no i think it's i mean this is a this is probably this is my favorite album track my best day and i like the fact it's an album track because it's a as i've often said before and you've said it as well actually to be fair to you uh, it's lovely to have these hidden gems on an album that not everyone knows about. Hmm. Except when they listen to track by track. So track number nine now, and this is Punch and Juicy. Oh, you know you made a fool of everyone. Turn around and take a bow, but everyone's gone. Look at there and what a great time to talk about fantastic album artwork iconic album artwork in fact because this is the lightning seeds uh, jollification album cover and you've got a giant red strawberry uh front and center but surrounded by other colored strawberries with faces on with what on faces on oh right i thought it might be manure on on the, on the strawberries <laughs> let them grow and this is another one of those albums that we mentioned from time to time. If you took the font saying Lightning Seeds Jollification off and showed it to somebody, you'd know exactly what it was. And also worth noting that this was designed by Farrow or Mark Farrow, who have had a long standing uh, partnership with Pet Shop Boys and designed a lot of their covers as well. You can tell, can't you? Very, yeah, great style. Also, this was a style that followed through as well onto the singles from this album. Oh, dear. 
No, I don't mean it like that. So there's on the covers for uh, on the cover for uh, perfect, marvelous, and change, all variations on this theme. So you've got strawberries coming out of windows, strawberries with uh, comic glasses and nose and moustache, and strawberries dripping in delicious cream. Mm. Do you prefer yours dripping in cream or dunked in chocolate? Uh, I but you did, you've got to have both, haven't you? Oh God. That's a bit much. Double dipping. Well, I'd imagine you 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 enjoy that. You would enjoy that. Yeah. Don't mind double dip. Triple dip. Good. 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 Speaking of which, uh, I didn't know uh, the word jollification other outside of the realms of this album. Um, and I wasn't even sure if it was made up. I could hesitate to guess. Jollification in the dictionary is uh, a lively celebration with others or merrymaking. Merrymaking, my place. Merrymaking. Yeah. <laughs> And we do like a bit of jollification. We have to. We have to say that. Mm. So the song will. Yes. It's it's definitely the most the strummiest and the most stripped back track to date, isn't it? Oh, that's how it seemed at the start, and then that beat comes in, and I think both sides of the track are still unmistakably lightning seeds. But likewise, it's not one of my album highlights. I don't dislike this track, but it's not an album highlight for me. Same. I think it's a little bit too stripped back for my liking compared to the production and the approach on most of the other songs on this album. But what it does remind me of, though, is your party trick where uh, where you do your Punch and Judy show uh, and you have Punch on your left hand and you have Judy in your right hand. And somehow you manage to animate the crocodile as well. You kind of have him stood up straight, well, lolloping around during some of the performance, but it's, uh, I don't know how you do it. It's got quite erratic head movements. Yeah. Uh, on backing vocals on this and throughout the album as well, Simon Fowler of Ocean Colour Scene. Track Pop. number 10 now, and the last track on the album proper. This is something you like to do as a kid and have ca- carried it through through most of your adult life so far. Yes, yes. Telling tales. the last track on the album uh, it's a more pared down track but i love some of those 90s uh sounds in there you've got that very atmospheric synth and the piano um sort of going the way through there reminded me the way it starts with the synth reminds me of a 90s dance track but then the piano comes in and it's almost like uh i need your loving you know that yeah, it's just, I love how you, you're singing more and more in each episode. And it is such a shame that X Factor has just been pulled um, because I feel like this could have been your year for going on. Finally pulled. Yeah. Bit like you when you settle <laughs> down. I, I like it. I like it as an end. Do you like it? Mm. Do you like it? Oh, oh. <laughs> I agree. Well, I think it's a wonderful production on this one. I think the electronics are almost ethereal and it kind of is it's such a good album closer. Because it kind of stays with you after that. It's a very short track. It's less than three minutes, but it really stays with you. And it's also kind of unlike anything else on the album, but it's the perfect album closer for this collection as well. 
And just a word on the album performance as we're at the end of the album now. This was uh, acclaimed when it came out, considered Lightning Seed's best work to date, probably one of their commercially most successful albums as well, spawning uh, five singles. Uh, and in the album chart, it got to number 12. So a decent, uh, a decent hit in the album charts as well. If I had to give a rating to it, I would give it a 7 out of 10. The right score. The right, an the right appropriate stuff. score. Mm. So, further listening, so something else... We haven't really... Normally we uh, discuss it beforehand. We haven't today. We've just... No, so just let's surprise each other. Boom! <laughs> so, Dan, I'm going to go first then, just to give you an idea of where I'm at with this. So, mm-hmm. I have... I wanted to kind of track by track it a little bit. So I have gone for the Love to Infinity Club remix of Marvelous. Kind of love to infinity remixes you're not really disappointed with that it's got a wonderful 90s dance beats running through it it's a bit tribal as well in places with the drums uh and the beats kicking in there um but uh, there aren't many dance remixes of lightning seeds tracks out there so this was a real find when i was researching this episode i was very happy to find this yeah i think this is great this was actually will my second choice for further listening but i had a an inkling that you might go for it uh, and I'm, re- I'm really glad you did, actually, because I think we, t- we spoke before about the Hacienda and I could well imagine this blasting out of their sound system uh, and having a little boogie to it. If I could just turn back time and make that happen, that'd be wonderful. Well, and why do you think it would be at home in the Hacienda? Just it's that it's not that kind of very. No, this is Britpop, isn't it? But it's uh, it's not too far removed. I don't think they're too far removed from that, that 90s dance sound. From where the hacienda nineties dance? Oh, I've just worked out what you what you want me to say. <laughs> no, I'm not going to say it. <laughs> no, just like just typical, just typical. Can you believe though that I've got this far, Dan? What have you gone for then? So I have gone for one of the B sides, and this is Lucifer Sam. <laughs> was the b-side to marvelous and this is a, a cover of a pink floyd track from their debut album but i think it suits the sound of lightning seeds perfectly and also i think it feels a little bit james bond theme-esque will do you know i was thinking like that with the with that bass going through it but you know what they've really made this song their own hmm thanks louis for that input <laughs> <laughs> 
of course, we haven't really discussed Pink Floyd too much on Track by Track. We've talked about Scissor Sisters' cover of Comfortably Numb. Personally, I'm a big fan of Bowie's cover of See Emily Play. Uh, and of course, there's Take That's uh, questionable cover of Another Brick in the Wall, which I think seeped into their cover of Nirvana's uh, Smells Like Team Spirit, which has gone viral a couple of times over the last few years. Uh, as Steps would say, some things are better best forgotten. We're out, out of, time. of time. So we hope you have enjoyed our Tropped Through Jollification. We hope you feel more jollified if you weren't already feeling jolly. Um, and if you were, we hope you're feeling even more so. Yes, please do let us know on the Patreon post and over on the socials at Track by Track UK. And thank you all for joining us on Patreon and subscribing to us and supporting the podcast. Uh, it really does mean the world to us. And if you are listening to this on release day, then we have got a huge announcement for you tomorrow about our plans for our third birthday uh, and patrons are going to be thrilled with the news i think will what do you think yeah they're going to be very well looked after as well uh, yeah. as we want to make you feel as special as we do entering into our third year so until next time i've been andy pollock and i've been lucifer sam goodbye bye do all right though dan you have quite a good life don't you do you mean via the podcast or just in general just in just in general you seem quite quite happy quite happy with your lot oh well oh well oh well oh